the last decade or so, we've open to accepting, you know, player activists um, in a way that maybe we didn't 30 years ago. And now we've reached a situation where no one wants to see that, you know, and we've already seen, you know, Kaepernick lose his job because of it. And now maybe guys just feel like, you know what, um, they didn't like me speaking out on this and I'll just keep my mouth shut on everything else from here. And I don't want to see that yeah. happen. Welcome to the Edge of Sports Podcast. I'm Dave Zirin. This week, we have a very special guest. We're talking to Michael Lee, the national NBA correspondent for The Athletic. We're not only going to talk about the forthcoming NBA season, which, believe me, we will do at great length. We are also going to spend a great deal of time dissecting everything that happened with the NBA, China, and LeBron James. You do not want to miss that conversation. Also, I've got Just Stand Up and Just Sit Your Ass Down Awards, Kaepernick Watch, and more. But first... Let's talk to Michael Lee. I mean, this is one of the great stretches, Jordan excluded, for a shooting guard uh, in the history of the sport. Has to be. I mean, one or two NBA uh, MVP finishes for, what, four straight years? I mean, that's unbelievable. Yeah, I don't think anybody's done that. But the issue is not what he does in the regular season. No, that's true. That's true. I, I got a um, – so, yeah, so I've got all these – I mean, my goodness, I don't want to keep you too long. I've got a million keep me, NBA – Keep me, as, keep me as, long, as long as you want. I, I'm, I, I enjoy the convo. All right, cool. I mean, I'll start with, with, with this basic. I was going to um, – before I – hit you with my, my hot takes and you can tell me whether I'm, I'm slam dunking or if I'm, you know, oh, new tearing an ACL. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like that. Is it dunk or ACL tear? Um, I did want to ask you, like, on a more serious note, um, given the NBA-China collision and the injury to Zion Williamson, do you feel like the season is starting under a bit of a shadow? On a bit of a sour note, or do you think uh, the the storylines of the league can can smash through all that? I think there are so many intriguing storylines this year. There's so much excitement. There's so much newness. There's so many teams that have an opportunity to win a championship. It's not as stale as the past where you just felt like the Warriors are going to win. So what were you playing for? I think that once the games start playing and um, and people start getting entertained by what's happening on the court. That um, that I think that they'll be lo- all the other stuff will be lost. Um, I think we got we we become so consumed by uh, the off court stories, the conflicts, the drama that you know I think it's taken away from the game a little bit. But I think this year, mm-hmm. probably more than any other year, we can really talk about what's happening on the floor and kind of get caught up in that. And I think that's that's gonna that's gonna um, change people's attention and their focus, and and they're gonna enjoy that. Now, about the NBA in China, I'm going to be giving my own broader take later in the show, but I wanted to ask you, what, what, are, the, what are the big picture takeaways in your mind? Oh, man. Um, well, for me, honestly, I, it felt like uh, the situation where we're back at that again. And when I say that, um, you know, you look at just the NBA and just the, the history of the league and just the trajectory in terms of fan or popularity and acceptance. 
the NBA had some really dark times, you know, especially in the early part of this millennium. You know, you had Ron Artest, you had the dress code, you had all these things that seemed to just be a scar on the league and reputation and the image of the Like for like 15 years or so, the league has done a great job of kind of changing that to where now the most popular athletes in the United States are NBA players, you know, um, around the globe. LeBron is the most famous athlete. And, you know, so you have all this good, positive momentum for the league and, you know, players are more likable and marketable and all that good stuff. But you also see that there is still some resentment there that kind of bubbled over to the surface, I think, with this latest incident with China. Because I I understood some of it to an extent, but I also felt that a lot of the negative energy that was thrown toward the NBA um, wasn't from um, a, a genuine place. Um, I felt like a lot of it was, okay, now here's our chance to pounce again on this league that we don't like. And, um, and, I, and I, for me, you know, to make the NBA have to be the – the industry, the the, uh, the business that puts China in check, which nobody can do. <laughs> okay, our government can't put China in check. Um, so to expect the NBA to go there and just, you know, shut it down in China, um, I thought was an unfair expectation. And it wasn't in, and I always, and I, I said this um, on Twitter that, you know, if, if, if money is on the table, don't go hunting for morality. So the NBA and a lot of other corporations, Apple, Starbucks, whatever you name it, they've all done deals with China. They've all done deals with the devil, you know, however you want to rephrase it. And we all are aware of the atrocities of the Chinese government and the way they treat their people and the human rights violations that they're engaged in. But we all, in some ways, it's, it's like a murky sort of icky thing, but we all benefit from it, you know, um, a lot of us use iPhones, you know, and are, you know, and we use a lot of products that are made in China. And none of us say, I can't, I can't use this phone, I can't do this, um, because you know they've made this deal with China. And I just felt it was unfair that the players were sort of put in this position where they had to speak out on a subject that a lot of them weren't informed on. Everyone was like, well, you know, look there every summer, and he does these shoe tours, and you know all these star players, they go to China and, you know, they make money and, and now all of a sudden they don't know enough about China. Well, they probably don't in, in, the, in the sense that they aren't exposed to the China that, you know, that China doesn't want them to see. They're exposed to fans showing up at these basketball camps or these events, you know, giving them all levels of praise and love and adulation and, and worshiping them as gods, you know, in a basketball arena. They're not taking them to training camps and that's, you know, the areas where, you know, people are being oppressed, basketball. So in their minds, they're only seeing one side of China. So they don't, they may not quite understand the history of things. Um, they may not be as adept or understanding of, um, you know, of what's happening in Hong Kong, you know, somebody else who's more read, more well-read or more informed, um, can probably possibly speak on it, you know, um, and, and also, and this is this is sort of how I felt too. Um, if you ask LeBron or somebody else to speak out on China, you also have to understand that since a lot of companies, Nike, you know, the NBA, they've all made these deals with China. A lot of people in America are affected by that. 
And if LeBron, say, came out, now let me just say, I felt like LeBron handled this situation badly. Um, I also didn't feel like he needed to be in that position to make a comment, but I feel like when he did decide to speak, that he probably he missed he, he made a misstep in the way he attacked Daryl Morey, in the way he sort of seemed to take a cold, you know, um, you know, approach or uh, assessment of the situation in Hong Kong and the, and the people and their plight and their fight. Um, I just think he missed he missed he misplayed that situation in, in the way that you know he's he's gonna have to do some things to kind of recover from that. Um, but I just felt like it was unfair to put him in that position. It was unfair to put players in that position to explain that because if LeBron comes out and he blasts China and he blasts them for things that he may or may not be fully informed on, um, then Nike could be hurt. And then Nike employees in the United States could be hurt. NBA players could be hurt. The earning potential for a lot of guys in the league, he's going to be fine no matter what. And so he didn't have anything to lose as much he didn't have as much to lose as say some thirteenth or fourteenth man or fifteenth man on an NBA roster, you know, um, who might not be able to, you know, make the money that he's gonna make. Um so I and I know it's not just about business and I know maybe I'm looking at it just from perspective, but I just feel like everybody's in, involved in this deal with China. Like we're all in some ways complicit to what's happening in China. And I felt like why is why does the NBA have to be the one to to um, to, you know, force China to change when that is not going to happen. <laughs> like, going to be able to do it. And your league is not going to be able to do it no matter how popular the sport is. So that's kind of where I stand. And, um, you know, and also if LeBron speaks out um, about, you know, police violence or any type of gun violence or anything um, political, I think that that type of stuff should be applauded. Um, especially if he's fully informed on it and he's able to, you know, add something to the conversation or, you know, elevate the conversation. And I think that we should just appreciate that for what it is because I think that's good enough. But that doesn't mean that he has to speak out on everything. I don't think that we should require him to speak out on what the situation at the border with migrants being locked in cages or, you know, um, the reason why a lot of these people are fleeing their countries in Latin America, I don't know if he should be speaking out on all of these things um, because, you know, I've said it, he said it recently, he's not a politician, but there are issues that he is passionate about. There are issues that concern him as a father of, you know, two young black boys and a black girl in this country, the things that he fears about their upbringing and things that they're going to encounter that I feel like he has firsthand knowledge of, and that if he's coming from a good place in his heart, then we should applaud that. If he's going to provide education for kids in Akron um, and, and build a school for them so they can have hope and have dreams, then we should applaud that. We don't need him to just turn every good gesture that he does into something where he speaks out on everything. Because sometimes it dilutes the message that he's given us on something or, or, or one thing. And I think that that sometimes yeah. is enough. And we have to just sort of give guys their space and allow them to speak freely on areas in, in situations that they're comfortable speaking. Um, you know, and I, I, and I know we can demand more. We can say, well, you need to do this, you need to do that. But we also should just say, you know what? Um, I appreciate you for what you are doing, you know? Um, you know, and that's, that's sort of how, how I feel about that. And that's my long rant. And I apologize for taking up too much time. 
No, no, no. <laughs> and I, I think what uh, frustrated people, though, was um, that he had like 10 days I to know. come up with something to say. Or he could have said nothing. Uh, yeah. Or he could have said nothing. And, and I think people would have survived if he'd said nothing. I know I would have. barely noticed. Yeah. Yeah, I would have as well. And Steph pulled it off. You know, he said something that was both thoughtful and inoffensive at the same time that, that wouldn't have hurt the 13th or 14th person on the team, like you say, while also not offending China. And it's just, I guess it's one of those things where for me, it was like for those of us who've spent a lot of time defending LeBron over the years, it's like, oh, LeBron, why are you putting a target on yourself oh, for yeah. every insincere right-wing ass to to take shots at you right now? You know, this is, ah, uh, because then you put the weight on us then to defend you in the face of these horrible people, and it's just, it didn't have to be this way. Air buff balance right there. So like, it was right there. He had, all, all, it was right there. He could have just taken his time, you know, and it squared up and, and lined up a nice shot, but. He rushed it and threw it up, threw up a brick, man. It was not. Threw up a brick. It was not a. Uh, it was not his best showing, and, and his tone, you know, because I think there was there was some substance to some of the things that he said, but the tone just seemed like he was just angry and just like he was just like 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 he let his emotions, I think, probably carry him more um, than than they should have, and that's I think that's where that's probably why he he you know you know failed in in you know carrying it through and executing it because. I think in some ways he probably was just really angry that he was in China, that they had to endure all of that, and that, you know, the onus was falling on the players and, you know, the situation that they didn't create. And um, and I can, I can understand that frustration, but like you said, with, with over a week to prepare, and, you know, he could have maybe sat down with a publicist or somebody and say, how can I get this message across to make sure that I don't offend anybody, you know, and that I don't upset, you know, too many people. But I, I think he just let his emotions, you know, get out. And, yeah. and, and it spilled over in a way that did did him no help. <laughs> well, I, I think he, like everybody from Adam Silver's office to that 14th man on the team, was pissed off at Daryl Morey, yeah. a member of management, for putting everybody in this situation and then dipping out. It's not like Daryl Morey. I feel like was a profile in courage in this situation. Yeah, I mean, it's and, like he still he still hasn't tweeted since October sixth. Yeah, and 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 no and no and no one attacked him. You know, like you, right. you mentioned all these uh, right wing pundits on TV talking about LeBron or whatever. No one's talking about Daryl Morey. You know, and this and like if if say if say a player had come out and this comment about Hong Kong or something, LeBron had. You know, if if it had been a situation where. Then I think it's sort of a player issue, but if it's mm-hmm. a situation where management, you know, makes a statement, you know, then I think it goes above the players. Then it's on owners. It's on the NBA to sort of explain their relationship with China and explain, you know, all of these things from that point on. I think, and I think that's, and I think Silver, you know, that first statement they put out, it, it was not handled well. You know, that statement right. read like, oh gosh, you know, you just kind of, you know, gritted your teeth like, oh, yuck, I don't like that. But I think after that, he handled things well, you know, like they, oh, yeah. they didn't force out Daryl Morey. He said, we, we stand for free speech and we're not going to give in to that. And I think that, that that's kind of got lost. And now everybody thinks that the NBA is just buckling to China and giving them all they want. And I, I didn't see it that way. I just thought of the situation that, okay, we are dealing with a government that could really do harm. 
to all these people that we have here in China right now. That's just what we came to do. We came to do a goodwill effort to perform for these fans of China who love our game. Let's just give them what, what we came to do and let's get out of here. Let's not have any other kind of distractions from that. And I think that that, you know, even though there was no media availability, I, I thought that was a good idea because, again, it's not that they were buckling to China. It's that they were recognizing that this could be a dangerous situation for NBA employees who are there, too, because it wasn't the players that are there. There's a lot of staffers there, a lot of people who aren't necessarily, you know, they don't have the resources or the millions of dollars that some of these, some of these players do. They could have been put in harm's way. And what could we have done? It could have, you know, escalated to a serious international incident because, you know, the way China views things, the way they handle things is much different than we do, you know, and and there's not things that we can do to just flex on them and say, just, you know, get it done. You know, um, I mean, you saw it with, uh, you know, when UCLA went over there. Uh, with UCLA, Yeah, sure. and like those players, you know, stole one little ticket <laughs> and they're over there in prison. And then, you know, you have to, you know, and so – you just never know how China's going to react. The fact that they overreacted to a tweet lets you know that any little thing after that could have really escalated this thing. And, um, and so I, I think that, you know, Silver, NBA, they were all cognizant of that. And they didn't want to put the people who were there in a, in a harmful situation. So it wasn't an ideal circumstance. And I think that, like like you said, Daryl Murray's been able to, kind of sneak off and quietly, you know, do his thing without ever having to answer for it. Um, while all of a sudden everyone, and that's why I made my initial statement, all these people who want to jump on the NBA players, they had their chance to pounce now. And it wasn't even an issue that, it wasn't even a player issue. It was not a player issue. This was a more issue, you know, that the players were thrust into having to respond to to them like I felt bad like James Harden you know he comes out right away and like oh we love China and <laughs> you know we apologize and like why is James Harden why is this why is this fall on James Harden James Harden didn't put out that tweet and James Harden is just trying to play basketball you know he's trying to you know pull off new moves where people can't call him for travel you know we don't need him out here you know um trying to uh negotiate, you know, uh, world peace, you know, <laughs> he's, he's a basketball player and, and, you know, and I'm not trying to put him in a box and say he can't speak on all other issues, but I know that this is not one of his passions. Like he's not going to be able to elo- eloquently, you know, break down, you know, geopolitical issues, you know, several thousand miles away, um, you know, it, because that's, that's not what he's focused on. And, and we shouldn't demand that if guys just because we've seen them speak out on this, you know, um, you know, if I'm an expert in, um, in, you know, I don't know, um, prostate cancer or whatever, then you're not going to ask me to all of a sudden speak out, you know, on global warming. Like, I, I mean, this is, this is my fight. I'm fighting this. Let me fight this and, and be happy that I'm fighting this because I'm helping people who, you know, feel like we need to raise awareness for prostate cancer, but somebody else's issue may be global warming and let them, let that be their lane. But don't ask me to take in all these lanes just because I picked one, you know, and I think that's... And I hear you. Certainly I hear you about James Harden. I wonder if it came as a surprise to LeBron, and this is what I would ask him if I could, the degree to which he's become not just this global icon of commercialism or of basketball, but also this global icon of resistance. Like, forget about the Ted Cruz's and Ann Coulter's for a second. The 
like the, the, the Hong Kong message boards were lit up by people oh, yeah. who were devastated because they thought LeBron would stand with them because he's LeBron. And it almost felt like an Ali thing where I wonder if that actually surprised LeBron. Like, yeah, people getting tear gassed in Hong Kong, they care what you have to say. They don't care what James Harden has to say, but they care what you have to say. Yeah, yeah. And with great power comes great responsibility. I hate to sound like Spider-Man, but <laughs> there's truth to that. No, there is. And, and I, think that, I think that this uh, situation sort of showed the, the limitations of his reach and just what we should expect of him. You know, and I think that yeah. it maybe it allows everyone to sort of recalibrate themselves and say, okay, well, we know we can't expect LeBron to, to be all and everything on this and on that, you know. Um, and, and maybe people can, you know, temper their expectations, you know. Because I, I remember when they were in China and, you know, I was having, like, DMs and text messages with some friends and they were like, oh, I can't wait to hear what LeBron has to say. I was like, I don't want to hear. I don't want him to say anything. Like, why not? You know, he's spoken out on this and that. I'm like... I was like, I don't see the win. There's no way he can say There's anything no that's going to satisfy the people who want him to say something. And if he says something, he has more potential to do harm to himself and to whatever the situation may be. So I really hope that he, if he does say something that is really well thought out. And then when I saw it, I was like, <laughs> because I, 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 I wish he'd give. I wish he'd given me a call, man. I mean. I mean, like in one sentence, like while this league supports free speech, I believe that basketball is a universal language, oh, and I yeah. think it could build bridges between us and China. Boom. Oh, boom. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that would have been perfect. That that would have been exactly what he could have said. And but even then, that that would have been not that would not have been enough for some people. Yeah, that's true too. And, that's true and, too and, because and I think people are looking to attack him. The, the worst people are the people who've said to him, "Shut up and dribble." I know. Who now all of a sudden we're blasting him for not being political. I mean, I thought that, you know, from <laughs> I hate even name checking these people, but yeah, like it to. exposes. Yeah, I don't have to. We're gonna beep that in the final <laughs> broadcast. But like it exposes the the hypocrisy of it's not politics they want they don't want them to speak out about it's frankly racism and police violence that they don't want them to speak out about yeah you know i think that the one objective and I, it was to me it was transparent it was blatant and it was like disingenuous that they were doing these attacks because i know that they weren't attacking lebron for what he said or didn't say they just wanted to make sure that lebron or anybody else says nothing about anything else i mean that's really what that's a lot of these attacks were it was about silencing LeBron and silencing anybody else who feels like they should speak out on an issue that actually is relevant, or pertinent to them and their well-being. Um, you know, one thing that, you know, if you almost remember um, Champ Bailey's Hall of Fame speech, um, you know, from uh, the uh, NFL Hall of, uh, Football Hall of Fame, you remember his speech when he said, you know. No, what, what did he say? Uh, Champ Bailey from, uh, uh, you know, from the Broncos and Redskins, and he said, when we tell you, that we're scared for our children. Believe us. You know, when we tell you that, you know, when I'm going home from, you know, work or anything and I fear, I'm fearful, like, believe us. Like, he just asked people to not necessarily turn us into a, about whether, you know, um, you know, police are, you know, targeting blacks or whatever. Like, like we don't need to turn us to a debate about whatever, or shut up and dribble or whatever. How about just listening? How about just taking a step back and, and, and understanding that these this is coming from a sincere place, you know, and that these fears are real, and that if a player comes out and he speaks out on police brutality or in any, any of these situations that are relevant to him, 
then he's coming from a genuine place and you have to listen to that as opposed to trying to drown it out with your own personal experience because your experience is not his experience. So if he has that experience, listen to it, believe him and move forward. And I think a lot of these people who are attacking LeBron, you know, like you said, who told him to shut up and dribble, told him that he shouldn't speak about politics. Well, some things aren't necessarily political. Some things are right and wrong. <laughs> and there are moral things that we should all be, we should all agree on. Unfortunately, people have chosen to take, and I'm, I'm sorry, I'm getting political myself, but we're, we're focusing on things that um, are moral issues and we're turning them into political issues without really doing them justice in terms of having, you know, moral discussions about things. And, um, and I think that's, that's what's lost. And that's, that's what, um, I think that, that probably was a bigger missed opportunity, you know, um, you know, from all this is that now, whatever LeBron says, if there's something else comes up, people are going to drown it out. And, you know, what about China is going to replace what about Chicago, you know? (laughs) And we're just gonna be. Oh God, we're, yeah. we're gonna be a, a new. That, there was that echo. Yeah. What about Hong Kong? Was what about Chicago? Yeah. That's that's absolutely right. Now now oh now now God. we've moved into a new level of annoying uh, conversations because people will say if there's another incident that comes up that you know LeBron feels compelled to speak out on or any player feels compelled to where they wear T-shirts and or anything at a, at, a, at a game, then they'll be like, oh, where were you in China? Where were you in Hong Kong? And without really and again we understand that it's not really a genuine you know um complaint it's just something that with the intent and hope that they silence them on every issue and every topic and i hope that lebron isn't silenced i hope that any player who wants to say something about other situations moving forward doesn't allow what's going to be an annoying backlash to to drown them out because we've sort of the last decade or so we open to accepting, you know, player activists um, in a way that maybe we didn't 30 years ago. And now we've reached a situation where no one wants to see that, you know, and we've already seen, you know, Kaepernick lose his job because of it. And now maybe guys just be like, you know what? Um, They didn't like me speaking out on this and I'll just keep my mouth shut on everything else from here. And I don't want to see that happen. And I, I don't, that's why, I felt like the deluge of criticism and everything that jumped on LeBron, um, it may have just been a message to some, even some younger guy coming up, like, I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. I'm just going to tweet. Yeah. I'm going to tweet and I'm going to, uh, you know, listen to my uh, baby album and, and just go off in the silence. Well, that's why it upset me. Like, I, I tried to write a column about it that had some nuance that spoke about every side of this, from the Hong Kong protesters to the Ted Cruz's and to the anti-blackness of some of the criticisms. Uh, I, tr- I tried to like cover all of it. So people, but what, what really upset me was when people uh, wrote things that said things like, uh, this is LeBron's Republicans buy sneakers two moment. Uh, the headline in Deadspin was this head spot headline in Deadspin was LeBron licks the boot Ugh. to talk about China. And there, there's an ugliness to that. Yeah. That is to me even uglier than the Fox News stuff. Yeah, uh, because it, it like almost legitimizes uh, silencing LeBron. Yeah, and that, uh, which is which is absolutely what we don't need. No, and that, that's why, that's why I feel like you know, um, like I said, if you're willing to speak out on anything, then we should we should appreciate that. 
um, and it not I didn't think it was fair. I didn't think it was fair. Yeah, I'm with you a thousand percent on the on the backlash question. The one, last thing I'll say is like you know that expression uh, LeBron that calls you know King James uh, heavy as the head that wears the crown. Uh, I, I wonder if uh, he brought a personal lesson home from all of this because we have to say like LeBron has sought out this carefully curated image of being oh, yeah. an Ali of the 21st century. I mean, from doing the movie with Antoine Fuqua to being the person who spoke about Ali at the ESPY Awards. I mean, he has not shied away from saying, this is my, this is the baton I'm taking, mm-hmm. not Jordan's, I'm taking Ali's baton. And with that comes, I think, a degree of expectation mm-hmm. that, that that is not i mean it's one of those expressions if it was easy everyone would do it yeah yeah but i think the one thing that um you know if if you're willing if you want to actually take that mantle you also have to be willing to risk losing something right and you have to be willing to risk losing something huge and you know either that's your career or some something financial and i don't think he's willing to risk that and you know, yeah. and that's and that's and that's 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 where I think that the expectations from a lot of people sort of didn't necessarily match, you know, what he was going to be capable of or willing to do, and um and so and, but I also didn't expect expect it or demand that of him, you know, and that's that's sort of yeah where where exactly. where, where, I, where I where I stood with it. it was like you know it'd be great if he did, it'd be awesome if he did, but I don't need him to, you know, <laughs> because. I, you know, there, there are situations where I did not anticipate that he would, you know, speak out on. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm, I'm glad he did that. You know, I'm glad that, you know, he felt compelled to, to say that. Um, and then there are situations like, you know, even Tamir Rice, you know, where I thought he was going to speak out on it, but he didn't. But I also understand why, because in the community in Cleveland, he understood that if he, whatever he said, had the, you know, capacity to really do damage in some ways. You know, and I'm not justifying it. And I feel like I wish he had, but I also understand his perspective of, uh, you know, kind of grasping that, okay, I could actually set this whole thing on fire if I say the wrong thing. And so, um, so I, I get it, you know, but I also know that, uh, yeah, I could be disappointed in, you know, for, for a day or two and then move on with my life. Um, but, uh, but I think that, you know, we should just sort of not place such a high expectation that, you know, a player who's spoken out on one issue is going to be well-versed and able to, you know, lead in, in other areas. Yeah. And that question of where in the world is Daryl Morey lingers. <laughs> uh, I'm assuming he's in Houston somewhere, like uh, enjoying a nice meal somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Let's just go with that. Um, you've been you've been like so generous with your time. Can I just ask you some quick hits? You don't have to give long answers. No, we can talk. I, I'm, you just I'm tell me. We can, we can just you know say the first part was uh, just about LeBron and China because that is something that everybody wants to talk about. But I'm definitely going oh, yeah. to talk about the NBA. Oh, no, we're, that, that's all of that. Yeah, but I want to talk some NBA because I, I am incredibly excited about this season for, sure. for the same reasons you are. This isn't. Uh, the, the, the Golden State coronation year for the first time since uh, Obama was president, you know, <laughs> if, if we can remember that far back. So let, let me just throw these at you, and you can just tell me if you think I'm 
I'm, we could just say right or wrong. Like, so these are just, I, I have like no, no, 13 it, things that, that you, I don't, truly don't you, think. Don't you have a certain way you want to phrase it? Oh, yes. Uh, is this a dunk or a torn ACL? Yes, yes. I like that. Uh, <laughs> nice. So you could just say dunk or ACL. All right. I think uh, Kawhi and the Clippers, barring injury, are going to run away with the West. Like it's not even going to be close. Um, I say that it's a dunk that sort of rattles in. Like it's not, it's not a clean dunk. Mm. Um, I don't know if they run away okay. with it, but I think they're going to win the West. I think the West is so stacked that it's going to be hard for any team to run away with it um, because it's, there's not going to be hardly any off nights. Um, there's probably only two or three teams in the West that end of the season with no shot of uh, making the playoffs. And the rest of them really have a chance to make make it to the postseason. Some of them have a chance to even get to the finals. So I think that it's going to be a highly competitive conference and that the, the team that winds up winning the West will have an inferior record to the team that wins the East um, just because it's, it's going to be – they're going to be – it's only a bloodshed. Like every night they're going to be taking it to each other, and it's going to be really fun and entertaining that way. Okay, so speaking of which, Dunker torn ACL. I think we talk about the Clippers in the West. My East team is, I think Philly is the team to beat in the East, and Joel Embiid is your 2020 MVP. Hmm. Um, it definitely is not an ACL. Um, it might be a dunk in the sense that I, I do think Philly is the team to beat. The Joel, Joel MVP, um, I do think that'll be tough for him to pull off MVP. And it's not because I don't think he's talented or capable of it, because he definitely is. The number he put up last year, I think, were really slept on uh, on both ends of the floor. Underrated, yeah. the numbers yeah, last he was year incredible, were absurd. The, the stats that he put up, and I think he's capable of doing that. But the fact that he's going to be load managed this year, he may play, you know, 60 to 64 games, maybe 65 games. He won't. I don't know if he'll play enough games. And I also feel like his minutes will probably be down because they want to preserve him for the playoffs. So I think that if you're Philadelphia, if Joel Embiid wins MVP, then I think something has gone bad with your team. That means that somebody else in your team has got hurt. He's got to carry uh-huh. more of a load. But Philly's deep. Ben Simmons is probably going to have a better year offensively. They got Josh Richardson, who is a solid scorer now. Horford, somebody who's going to take away some of those center minutes that uh, Joel sort of occupies. He's going to be on there on the nights that he's load managed. So there's going to be, I don't know if there'll be that big opportunity. So if I have to pick MVP, I'm going to go with Giannis because he is a. Again, a, you're going, yeah, back, going to back, back to Giannis. back Giannis. Because I think that there's going to be a lot more asked of him this year um, because. Uh, you know, they they lost a, a key piece, I think, in Malcolm Brogdon and the guys they replaced him with yes. are more shooters and guys who need to be set up. So he's gonna have to be the one to do that for them. So I think he's gonna have to carry them a little bit more and I think he's fired up, you know, after losing uh, to Kawhi in the conference finals. So I think he's gonna come out and have another monster year. So I think that and, and there there's a good chance they're gonna have a really great record. Um and that he's gonna be the reason for it. So uh, I'm going to lean more towards Giannis going back-to-back and Joel. And it's nothing against Joel. I think he definitely is an MVP-caliber player. And he has MVP talent. I just don't know if he'll have the MVP opportunity. Mm. And, but do you have Philly coming out of the East? I do have them as my favorite to come out of the NBA East. NBA Finals? Yeah. yeah. All right. 
Look at us on the same yep. page. All right, dunk or torn ACL. I think the Sacramento Kings break a massive drought and make the playoffs. Um, In the stacked West. Yes, I know. I'm, I'm going to go torn ACL. But not because I think you're far off. Wow. And I'm not because I think you're far off. I think they're going to be okay. in the hunt. I think they're going to be a top 10 team in the West for sure. Um, I think a lot of things are going to come into play. Um, one is how many games is Zion going to play for the Pelicans. If he comes back and doesn't miss a lot of time, I think they're going to be in the hunt for that, that um, A spot. Um, and I think Sacramento's going to be in the hunt too. And I got another team that I actually picked to make it in an A spot that nobody's really talking about, and I may be crazy. I may actually be tearing my ACL on this okay. one. Okay, <laughs> let me see if this is a torn ACL. I, I have I have like three different teams in my head who you might say, uh, and I'm curious where you go. Um, it's not Dallas. Um, I'm going with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That 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 that's I. You know what? With, with I say this with all respect. I have found from talking to a lot of people that that's like the basketball nerd team of choice <laughs> for the upcoming season for the real basketball geek head. Like th- th- there is something about the the composition of this team that's that's making uh, that's making some a certain sector of people excited. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, yeah, they lost Paul George, they lost uh, Russell Westbrook and Jeremy Grant, and those are huge losses. So. I'm not taking it away like people watch people don't think they're gonna be any good. But they're gonna have a angry Chris Paul this year. A fire yeah, up an motivated Chris Paul. <laughs> like you know, F U Houston, F U everybody hardened, all y'all. I got something to show, I got something to prove to y'all, right? So they got like fired up Chris Paul, right? And he's already going to be mad. He's not playing Oklahoma City now. He's like, I'm back in this place. I just I left this place. I played here in my rookie year from Hurricane Katrina. Now I'm back. You're going to have him, like, really motivated. Um, and then, you know, the players that they got from the Clippers, Danilo Gallinari, I think, yes. does not get enough props. He was really good for the Clippers last year. And when they mm-hmm. traded away Tobias Harris and everyone thought that that team was just going to fall apart, um, he really stepped up and, and came and delivered for that team. And I thought he was great in the playoffs. I think he's a really underrated player. And I like Shy, uh, Gilgis Alexander. I, I like him as well. So um, I think they have some talent. Steven Adams is still pretty good. So I don't, I don't, I, I, I think they have something there, but, but I, I could be wrong. And, if I tear my ACL on that, I, I, I'll. It's not like something I'm, I'm like totally all the way passionate about. Sacramento or Dallas, or if uh, Owens gets in there, I'm, I'm happy to see uh, some new blood in there too. It's just, I, I just, I want to, I want to see a fire up Chris Paul. All right, I, I think that's a dunk, but you kind of land funny and you go to the train. <laughs> Because we're not, we're not, we're not sure if you, because you sort of heard a pop, but it could be nothing. Yeah, it's like a Patrick Mahomes type injury, so, or, may, or maybe it could just be the patella. Or may, maybe it's uh, uh, Paul Pierce uh, in the finals. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. Back in a wheelchair, yeah, I, hop yeah, off yeah. the wheelchair. But all I did was just poop in my pants. <laughs> yeah. Oh lord, what, what a disturbing story <laughs> that was. Um. All right, Dunker torn ACL. I think this Westbrook Harden combo will be a disaster. Mm. 
of Titanic proportions. Ooh, so what's what's Titanic? Like they don't like don't make the like Houston doesn't make the playoffs. Whoa, torn ACL. Boom. Torn ACL. Boom. Oh no, I'm dropping the mic on this one. Okay, okay. Yeah, fine. torn okay. ACL and a and a ruptured Achilles. You you you. you oh man. You, yeah. I'm Kobe. You all went, of a sudden. you 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 tore your ACL on the way up, and when you came down, you ruptured ACL. Like you. You did some, I mean, you ruptured your Achilles. Like, you did some damage on this one. Ugh. I think Houston's going to be good. I think uh-huh. Houston's going to be, um, I think they're going to win the division. Um, because. You have the two players with the two highest usage rates in NBA history mm-hmm. on the same, in the same backcourt. I know. How does that work? It works because Russell's going to let James do his thing. Um, because he's never really, I mean, if you look at what Russell Westbrook did last year, um, and letting Paul George sort of get off, he he, ste- he stepped aside in a way that he probably hadn't done in the previous years. And one, I think he's getting older, and I think he's smart enough to recognize his own limitations now that he's not going to be able to just carry the team on a nightly basis. I mean, he did that the year he won MVP. He just brought it every single night. And we know how hard Russ goes. I think he's still going to go hard. But I think that, you know, he also understands this is hard in this moment and that he can step aside. These are really good friends. These are like, they go back to like age nine, you know, to like the Boys and Girls Club out there in um, L.A. So they've known each other forever. And I think that they're going to do whatever it takes, you know, to try to win because that's the one thing that their resumes both lack is that is, is winning. But I think that, that James is sort of riding this incredible wave and he's not falling down from it. And I think Russ is going to be like, okay, James, I respect you. And I'm going to let you really get off because I know you were the you were MVP guy, you know. And I'm going to help you. Um, I'm going to get my rebounds. I'm going to get my assists. I'm going to get my triple doubles. But I may not have to do it with a 30-point triple double, you know. And I think that they're going to work out because they're going to be – and I'm also intrigued in seeing Westbrook in the Antonio system, you know, and seeing what he can do to him at, at the times when James Harden sits and just letting him kind of run the offense. Um I think Houston's going to be fine, actually, um, because just because I have confidence in Harden, I think that he's still, you know, moving up in his career, and I think Westbrook is sort of recognizing that he has a guy that he can really lean on on every night to where he doesn't have to feel obligated to just go berserk because there's a there's a respect there and there's a um, a trust there that he hasn't had with probably any teammate. Um, even probably even more so than the ad with KD. I mean, I could uh, very much regret these words, but why I think it's a dunk is that I, I've done my eight teams in the West, and I have the Mavs making the playoffs, I have the Kings making the playoffs, and I have OKC making the playoffs. Oh, okay. So then you have to think, well, who drops? Yeah. Then you have to think. I have OKC as my eighth seed. I mean, I'm one of those basketball so, nerds. So I, I love the idea have, of angry Chris you Paul. You have Dallas and... Sacramento, that means that who's out? What, Portland or Golden State? Like, who's out? Uh, I have Houston out. Okay, oh, yeah, yeah, Houston. That's my okay. thing. Who's the other one out? Houston out, and I have uh, – who's my other team I have out? I, I'm scared to say this on uh, on the radio uh, or on the podcast even, but I have the Spurs out. Oh, okay, okay. That's that's fair. Which is painful. Yeah. Which is painful. Yeah. Because the, the it runs deep with pop, man, and I don't want to bet against betting against pop. Seems like a very easy way to lose money. No, I would bet against pop. 
But I mean, uh, I, I would bet against him. Just not 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 because I mean, uh, like he can't coach or anything. But I, just, I don't know if that team really has, um, you know, enough. You know. Um, yeah, I, I feel like, and, and people don't realize how old Lamarcus Aldridge is. Yeah, he is very old. This is not a young player. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're right. I mean, Oof. so I, so the Lakers are in there too, obviously. Yeah. So that I think I had the Lakers replacing the uh, Spurs, and that was the only team that I had, the only different team from playoff team from last year um, that I had there. And I don't, I don't. I definitely have Golden State making it. I'm, I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not somebody who's writing off Golden State at all. I just don't. I have wonders about Clay coming back strong. But if, if the Golden State's in the finals this year, it'll be a great story. But I'm not going to be sitting here shocked. That's my dunk finals, either to, as well. Shocked. I will be shocked. You will be yes. shocked. I'm not predicting it because I've got the Clippers because I, I, I don't doubt Kawhi anymore on, in any circumstance. <laughs> but um, it seems like a good way to lose money. But you would be shocked even though they're, they're coming with a team that's not altogether different than a team that made the finals before KD – if Clay comes back healthy, oh, it's significantly and, different. It's significantly uh, different. Like I, I have the Warriors making it. With Russell, I have the Warriors making it, but at like a seven seed. Like wow, yeah. wow. Uh, because I just I just don't trust their depth, and um, you know I, I'm, I'm intrigued by seeing Steph go crazy. But I think that you know when you look at what made the Warriors special before KD, it was strength by numbers, and so. You had like a really strong bench, you know. It ran like ten, eleven deep, and then when then uh, when he left, you know, um, you know you don't have Andre Iguodala anymore. You don't have Sean Livingston there anymore. Um, so you're missing like just not even just having just veterans that know how to play, the veterans that know the system. I mean, there's so many young guys who are trying to figure out, you know, how the Warriors play, and Clay's not going to be there. I mean, D'Angelo Russell will be there in the interim. But I just don't know if that depth is going to be enough. Um, yeah, so I think I think they're a playoff team, but I just I would be shocked if they made it to the finals, just because um, so many new pieces have to figure out how the Warriors go about it, and they don't have those veterans in house who just are just so smart and crafty and can figure things out even when uh, when things get rough. Okay, okay. Well, Dunker torn ACL moving to the East. I have the Bulls and the Atlanta Hawks making the playoffs. Okay, uh, I'm going to give you a layup. Uh, okay, okay. I think, I, I'm really curious which one you're not feeling. Uh, I'm not ready for Atlanta just yet. I think Atlanta, ah, I think Atlanta okay. is pretty young. I, I, and they still have some things they have to figure out before they make a lead. Now, I'm I'm a big Trey Young guy. I, I'm I'm pretty high on him. Um, you know, I, I can say that last year when everyone was talking about Luca, um, I actually wrote something in January of last season saying that you know don't 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 cancel out um, Trey. Like he's 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 doing some other things and he's figuring some things out. Don't 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 just say Trey isn't going to be there. And Trey obviously had a great second half of the season and people started to recognize how good he is especially after they, um, you know, um, traded or cut Jeremy Lin. Um, but I have the Bulls going. I do have the Bulls. And um, just because I think that they had a really great offseason, uh, they picked up, you know, the Otto Porter. Who I'm pretty, I've always been kind of – I always wanted to see him succeed. I, I think he's 
kind of an underrated player who's probably overpaid, but I think he's still over underrated as a player and just and just to hit as a move guy. And picking up Thad Young, no one talks enough about it, but he was sort of the rock of that Indiana defense. And, you know, adding smart guys like him and Sadaransky and then getting a guy like Kobe White in the draft, that just really complements some of their young talent with, uh, you know, Laurie Markin. And I think if he's healthy, I definitely see that. Zach, Zach Levine is the guy who can, you know, be a top 10 scorer in the league. And um, and another guy who I'm, I'm, I just want him to be healthy, I think if he can stay healthy, then he could be a difference maker for them. And that's Wendell Carter. So I'm I'm with you on Chicago. I, I feel like Atlanta, um, they're they're a team that I'm going to invest stock in. I'm going to put you know I'm going to invest in in, in, in talk stock, but I'm not ex- in, expecting an immediate return. I'm 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 going to give it a year or two before I'm I'm all in on the Hawks in terms of being a playoff team. Well, the Hawks, as long as we're talking about them. You know, we talked before about uh, Joel Embiid's stats last year being slept on. You know who the player whose stats were slept on the most? My my son got me with this. It was embarrassing. Is uh, John, John Collins, Collins averaged yeah. twenty and ten? He did. He was a twenty and ten guy last he year. He was. I mean, it was like nineteen seven nine point five, but still, he was a tw- my, my son was like, "Hey, Dad, points, rebounds, John Collins." I was like, "I don't know, fourteen and seven. And he was like, he was a twenty ten guy, and I was like, what? Yeah. So there, there's, there's a there there, there is. that we shouldn't. It, uh, it, trust me, it'd be awesome if Vince Carter can make it to the playoffs. You know, his last season, like that'll be oh my incredible. God. Um, but I just don't know if they have enough. I just, just don't know if they have enough. Uh, yeah, and I, I like, okay. I like, I like well, their draft. My... I like their draft a lot. I like what they did with getting Cam Reddish and uh, DeAndre. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm I'm big on them. Yeah, I, yeah, you're going forward. All right, so this is my this is my easiest dunk of this whole thing. If you disagree uh, with it, I would honestly be be surprised. Um, this is my easiest dunk because as much as we we love Zion uh, and as much as high as I am on Kobe White, who this preseason has been absurd, I think the easiest prediction is John ja Morant for Rookie of the Year. Slam dunk. Is that a dunk or a torn ACL? Windmill. That's a slam dunk. Yeah, there you go. That's a ver- with two with two that's hands. That's a vertical windmill, man. Like, oh, well, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I picked John Morant. Yeah. I'm with you the year this year, too. Yeah. Love watching him play. He'll have the ball in his hands all season. Yeah. It'll be tough for Kobe to find shots. Yeah, he's, he's going to be uh, on the bad Zion, team. I'm worried about. Yeah, me too. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't even want to make a prediction about it, like about, you know, dunk or torn ACL. That's how, like, it, sh- shook I am. I know. You don't want to play with that one. But, yeah, but I, I do I do like Ja uh, because I just feel like his court vision, he's got, like, a swag to him. You know, he's got a great personality. I think that, you know, that Memphis is going to be down, but he's going to have all the opportunity in the world, you know. Um, you know, some of the guys that you mentioned, Kobe White and Zion, like they're going to be on teams that are playing for playoffs. So that means that, you know, they may not have the patience for them to sort of, you know, find their way some nights if they're struggling. You know, it's like, hey, we'll just ride Derek Favors tonight. You know, we got to we gotta win this game, you know, because we're in the playoff hunt. And, you know, so uh, that'll make Zion better in the long run, but it, it may mean that he has, you know, doesn't have the same opportunities. He, he's coming back from injury or the same with Kobe White. I just think that, you know, Zion's going to, you know, Ja's going to get numbers. He's going to get crazy assist numbers. 
and I hope that people really get a chance to watch him and some of his assists because he he can find anybody moving with just an incredible just passes. And uh, so I, I'm with you. Slam dunk, man. We we agree. Slam dunk. Slam dunk. And, and man, you've been very generous with your time. Um, we haven't talked about the two most uh, high-profile teams in the NBA, so I'm just going to throw, when I say high-profile, I mean by market, not by uh, team quality. But I'm going to throw these two out at you real quick. I think Frank Vogel doesn't end the year coaching the Lakers. You think he... Is that a dunk or a torn ACL? Ooh, you say he does not. He does not end the year. Wow. No. You think LeBron gets him out before the end of the year? I think Jason Kidd is coaching this team after the All-Star wow. break. That's what I think. Wow. I'm reading tea leaves here. No, like I'm, I'm, I'm not just, just pulling that no, out of my no, behind. No. There's some tea leaves. I'm, 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 not, I'm, I'm trying to process whether I'm going to say dunk or, or ACL. Uh, I'm going to lean more towards ACL just because they're paying him a good amount of money. And I think they kind of want to at least see this year through. So I, I think that Kid will be there. Uh, Lionel Hollins will be there. Those guys will be there to sort of help uh, Vogel along the way. I think I think he at least makes it through the year. I think he at least makes it through the year. I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna and I'm gonna ACL you. I'm gonna ACL you on that. I think I think okay. Vogel makes it through the year. Okay. I think Frank Vogel was destined to be fired mid-season. <laughs> I mean, it's almost like you can. I mean, I can write the headlines right now. Frank Vogel out as Lakers coach. I mean, I wish I could just buy stock in this headline. All right. Um, well, that's when, cruel, when it but happened, I, I'm I'll telling you. The first person who told me. Yes, please do. Um, and the other high high market team, New York Knicks. If I have one prediction about the Knicks. Um, on the double, I think R.J. Barrett's going to have a lot of trouble in the NBA, and I think Julius Randle will be a borderline all-star. Uh, Those are my two Nick hot takes. Well, yeah, not, it's not fetched. It's not. It's not far-fetched. Um, that's, that's a uh, that's a a loan on the break. You have a chance to maybe do a window three sixty, but you just kind of throw it down, dunk. I, 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 you pull it up yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, you kind of drop it. You just dropped it into the net. Like it wasn't. You didn't even your mm-hmm. hand didn't even touch the rim. Like you were just kind of like, eh, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't want to hurt my fingers on this one. Like I just want to get it in. Mm-hmm. So I, I'll give you that. That was two points. Yeah, yeah. I'll give you that. Okay, I'll take it. I'll <laughs> take maybe, it. Maybe because RJ is a rookie and he's going to struggle, and Julius Randle is going to have opportunity to do anything and everything he wants. So he's going to get numbers. So yeah, anything he wants. Yeah, exactly. And and another one, and then this is my my last one for you here, just because I'm gonna go Wizards on this. Oh boy! I think you have a rejuvenated Bradley Beal. I think Rui Hachimura is an All Rookie player. I think everybody gets on the Isaiah Thomas uh, back in full effect train with little kids wearing Isaiah jerseys, and which my son has already asked for one. And I think the Wiz, they don't make the playoffs, but they win 35 games, and they're interesting for throughout the entire season. Man. Um, yeah. 
I'm gonna go. You just. Not, I'm gonna go. Oh my I'm God. gonna go. ACL, MCL, UCL. All oh the, no! All the ligaments have been. <laughs> everything. Everything pops. has been popped right on this one. Like there's not. This team's gonna be bad, man. They're they're gonna sneak off some wins because teams are gonna take them for granted some nights. But um, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be a rough year. And I, I think the best news that the Wizards could have gotten was Brad committing to. Um, you know, to to the extension and eliminating the possibility of him being traded this season, that did wonders for him, his his psyche, and for the Wizards because that distraction is off the table. Because this season, it is going to be so frustrating for him and for people who care about the team um, because that team is going to be rough and they're they're going to be competitive. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't. I don't think they're going to like lose by 30 or anything on nights. They're not. They're not going to lose, you know, games. Um, they're not going to get blown out like every night. Thomas Bryant is a good player. I can't talk you into not this at all. with some Thomas Bryant no, talk. No, no. Okay. No. I mean, like I said, they're, they're going to Thomas they're gonna, Bryant gonna, talk, little CJ Miles talk. No. Nah, they're going to play hard. Play hard. Oh, man. All right. Well. Michael, you've been incredibly generous with your time. It's actually it's a it's a great thrill for us to have somebody who's uh, does this kind of national reportage for the athletic. Love the work the athletics doing. Thank you so much for what you put into this to the beautiful game. Thank you. I will ask before you go, uh, what what music are you listening to these days? Can you give us uh, a little info on that? Um, let me see. What have I been listening to lately? I, I've sort of just been um, kind of going back to like. Uh, just some old school stuff, you know, um, listen to like a lot of most deaths. Um, I don't know why, ah, okay. but like, uh, maybe, maybe cause like, uh, I don't know. There was a, we just hit the anniversary. Yeah. Just had the anniversary of like, uh, yeah. Of, uh, black, um, black on both sides. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I, I just been bumping it. Like it just, I, I go back and I, just, I think Menace album is 20 years old, but like everything he says is still relevant to me. And so, um, I've sort of been just listening to to that. Um, yeah, I think I'm 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 more listening to old, older stuff. Uh, and uh, yeah, the Black Star obviously too. I'd, so. I'd love to interview Mostef. I'd love to interview oh, Mostef. Don't you think? Like, if he had wanted to, he could have like been in like the Fast and the Furious movies and <laughs> been an entirely different person these last twenty years. He could have. It's been twenty years. Yeah, he, he's he's a phenomenally talented guy. Yeah, like he's a, he's he's got great comedic. Like everybody remembers, you know, Dave Chappelle's, uh, you know, um, racial draft. Oh, so good. I mean. Like he yeah. was awesome in that sketch. Like he was good. Like he, so he, good. he, he, he. I wish uh, we, he was more visible because, uh, but I guess you know you do what makes you happy. But he, he definitely made us happier. Yeah, that's he what was, I'd like to talk to him about. Yeah, because he he definitely disappeared, and uh, when he could have, um, you know, stayed on top for a while and been, you know, he could have been, been something yeah, else. been something else. But you know, we all pick our paths, and uh, I'll just as long as he's love happy. to talk to him about why he made those choices. Yeah. Like why why the choice? You know, I'm just always curious about that. Well, well, Michael Lee, thank you for the choice that you've made to be a scribe for this amazing game, and uh, thank you so much for being with us here on the Edge of Sports Podcast. Oh, sure. Thanks for having me on, man. It's always great to be on. Oh, it's a thrill. Uh, that's Michael Lee, ladies and gents. We'll be back right after this, after a quick word from the Nation Magazine. 
We'll be back right after this, but first, a quick word from the sponsor of this podcast, The Nation Magazine. Okay, look, the need for independent journalism has never been more important, and The Nation brings it each and every week like they've been doing since 1865. I'm serious. This is what you got to read. It's The Nation Magazine. Go to thenation.com slash subscribe, and please never forget that when you support The Nation magazine, you are also supporting the continued existence of this podcast. So please subscribe. Go to www.thenation.com slash subscribe. And now, back to the Edge of Sports podcast. Thank you very much to Michael Lee, and thank you very much to The Nation magazine. We are back on the Edge of Sports podcast uh, normally, this is the time of the show where I have some choice words, and this week I was going to have them about LeBron in China, but I really do feel like uh, Michael and I covered it all. So if you want to know my thoughts, uh, you can pick them out of what I was talking with Michael Lee. Uh, heavy is the head that wears the crown. That's the LeBron James story, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, now it's time for the Just Stand Up Award. Stand up! And I'm very happy to give it this week. To Harrison Barnes. I'm, I'm absolutely heartbroken for why it goes to Harrison Barnes because Harrison Barnes has paid for the funeral of Atatiana Jefferson, uh, the, the young woman who was killed in her home while playing video games with her nephew by Dallas Fort Worth police. It's absolutely disgusting, horrible story. Um, people, I'm sure, are familiar with it. But the reason why I'm handing this over to Harrison Barnes is. Because, I mean, in this post-NBA China climate, he did not hesitate to reach out to this family and financially help them. So it's very important on a couple of fronts. One, just basic solidarity with the Jefferson family. But also, it's very important that Harrison Barnes is showing that he's not going to be living in this post-NBA China climate where he feels like he has to just shut up and dribble. So thank you, Harrison Barnes. And also shout out to a Philadelphia Eagles player named Malik Jackson, who's also uh, covered costs for the Jefferson family. So shout out to them. The Just Sit Your Ass Down Award Sit your ass down. goes to a Yankees fan. And believe me, as someone whose family grew up in Brooklyn, whose father was a Brooklyn Dodgers fan, uh, who therefore has no love for the Yankees, I was raised a Mets fan, it makes me very happy to tell a Yankees fan to sit your ass down. And yeah, you deserve to lose in the NL Championship Series to the Astros. Why did you deserve to lose? Because a fan of the Yankees had to be kicked out of the stadium for taunting Houston Astros pitcher Zach Greinke because the fan was yelling about Greinke's social anxiety disorder. Um, and his mother, as he heckled the Astros player. So not only about Granke's much-discussed uh, mental health challenges, but also his mom's. So Yankees fans, you act like that, you bring the karma, baby. Just sit your ass down. We'll be back right after this with a quick word from Edge of Sports. Hey, everybody out there. This is Dave Zirin with the Edge of Sports podcast. People got to know that we put this podcast on with elbow grease and, and bubble gum on a weekly basis. And we're proud of the work that we do. We love it. But we can't do it without support from you, the listener. So please go to patreon.com slash edgeofsportspod and support the podcast. That's patreon.com slash edgeofsportspod. Any little bit you might give to support the podcast actually makes a huge difference to the work we're trying to do. That's patreon.com slash edgeofsportspod. We appreciate you. Make no mistake about it. And now, back to the Edge of Sports podcast. 
Kaepernick watch this week is just my own, and it's very brief. Um, it's about the injury to Patrick Mahomes, quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is now down for, I believe, three or four weeks. Um, he could have been a lot worse. Um, his patella apparently uh, dislocated. Uh, it's a terrible injury. A lot of people are angry at Kansas City Chiefs coach Andy Reid for calling a quarterback sneak which put the sort of gimpy Mahomes at risk. I much more blame the existence of Thursday night football, which doesn't give players the time to recover. But to me, this is the last line in terms of will Colin Kaepernick ever be signed by an NFL team? Because he would fit in so well with this Kansas City organization. Andy Reid is the guy who signed Michael Vick. Uh, And I'm not comparing what Michael Vick did to Colin Kaepernick at all. But just the idea of being willing to give a quarterback a second chance. He was willing to do that for Michael Vick. If he's not willing to do it for Colin Kaepernick, especially when his team is in such quarterback need, I'm very, very concerned that the Kaepernick saga, and as it relates to the National Football League, will be done. Well... That's all the time we have for this week's show. Thank you so much to everybody listening. Yo, if you support this podcast, you should go to patreon.com slash edgeofsportspod. Show us that you support it. Very much appreciated. Have helping us cover production costs. To everybody out there listening, uh, if you like the podcast, also give us a rating. Write us a little review. All of that helps tremendously. For everybody out there, please stay frosty. We are out of here. Peace. <laughs>